Chapter Thirty of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Thirty: A Storm Without and Within. Heading my horse to the path, I rode out of the glade, but with very different feelings from those I had on entering it. The words of this ill-starred maiden, attained with that sibylline cunning peculiar to her race, had filled my heart with most dire forebodings. Her speech could not be mere conjecture, put forth to vex and annoy me. She had scarcely motive enough for this. Besides, her display of a positive foreknowledge was proof against the supposition that she was deceiving me. Slayer of red panthers, you may go, but only to grieve your bell-flower will be plucked and crushed like that you wear so proudly upon your breast these and other like innuendos could not be conjectural however obtained they betokened a knowledge of the past with an implied forecast of the future probable as it was painful the yellow fawn too the reference was clear lillian holt was the yellow fawn but the wolf that had slept in its lair who was the wolf who was to make her a victim and how these unpleasant interrogatives passed rapidly through my mind and without obtaining reply i was unable to answer them even by conjecture enough that there was a wolf and that lillian holt was in danger of becoming his victim this brought me to the consideration of the last words still ringing in my ears you will be too late too late prompted by their implied meaning i drove the spurs into my horse and galloped forward as fast as the nature of the ground would permit my mind was in dread confusion a chaos of doubt and fear the half-knowledge i had obtained was more painful to endure than a misfortune well ascertained for i suffered the associated agonies of suspense and darkly outlined suspicion a wolf in what shape and guise a victim how and by what means what the nature of the predicted danger the elements seemed in unison with my spirit as if they too had taken their cue from the ill-omened bodings of my indian oracle a storm-cloud had suddenly obscured the sun black as the wing of the buzzard vulture red shafts were shooting athwart the sky threatening to scathe the trees of the forest thunder rolled continuously along their tops and huge isolated raindrops like gouts of blood came pattering down upon the leaves soon to fall thick and continuous i heeded not these indications at that moment what were the elements to me what cared i for the clouds or rain lightning thunder or the riven forest there was a cloud on my own heart an electric rush through my veins of far more potent spell than the shadows of the sky or the coruscations of the ethereal fire the wolf has slept in the lair of the forest deer the yellow fawn will be his victim you will be too late too late these were clouds to be regarded 
the fires to be feared no heavenly light to guide me along the path but a flame infernal burning in my breast the bars were down but it mattered not i would have leaped the fence had there been no gateway but the entrance to the enclosure was free and galloping through it i drew bridle in front of the hut the door was open wide open as was its wont and i could see most of the interior no one appeared within no one came forth to greet me inside i observed some pieces of rude furniture several chairs and a rough table i had noticed them on my first visit they were now in the same place just as i had seen them before one of my apprehensions was allayed by the sight the family was still there strange that no one hears me that no one comes out to receive me i made these reflections after having waited a considerable while surely i was expected it was the time named by holt himself the day and hour was i again unwelcome and had the squatter relapsed into his uncourteous mood it certainly had that appearance more especially since it was raining at the moment as if the very clouds were coming down and i stood in need of shelter but that grievance was little thought of i was suffering a chagrin far more intolerable than the tempest where was lillian such cool reception on her part i had not expected it was indeed a surprise had i mistaken the character of this idyllian damsel was she too an arch creature a coquette had she bestowed the blossom only to betray me i had looked down at the crushed corolla borne upon my breast i had promised myself a triumph by its presence there i had formed pleasant anticipations of its being recognized fond hopes of its creating an effect in my favour the flower looked drenched and draggled its carmine colour had turned to a dull dark crimson it was the colour of blood i could bear the suspense no longer i would have hailed the house but by this time i had become convinced that there was no one inside after a short survey i had remarked a change in the appearance of the cabin the interstices between the logs where they had formerly been covered with skins were now open the draping had been removed and a closer scrutiny enabled me to perceive that so far as human occupants were concerned the house was empty i rode up to the door and leaning over from my saddle looked in my conjecture was correct only the chairs and table with one or two similar pieces of plenishing remained everything else had been removed and some worthless debris strewed over the floor told that the removal was to be considered complete they were gone it was of no use harboring a hope that they might still be on the premises outside or elsewhere near the pouring rain forbade a supposition there was nowhere else the horse shed excepted where they could have sheltered themselves from its torrent and they were not in the shed rosinante was absent from his rude stall 
saddle and bridle had alike disappeared i needed no further assurance they were gone with a heavy heart i slid out of my saddle led my steed under the shed and then entered the deserted dwelling my footfall upon the plank floor sounded heavy and harsh as i strode over it making a survey of the premises my future home i might have observed with ludicrous surprise the queer character of the building and how sadly it needed repair but i was in no mood to be merry either with the house or its furniture and tottering into one of the odd-looking chairs i gave way to gloomy reflections any one seeing me at that moment would have observed me in an attitude more benefiting a man about to be turned out of his estate than one just entering upon possession end of chapter thirty recording by john brandon